Hello and welcome to the Thames and Hudson podcast. Hello, my name is Joe Muggs. I'm here at the Spiritland Music Bar in King's Cross with DJ Semtex, BBC One Extra presenter and the author of Hip Hop Raised Me. We're here to talk about almost half a century of hip hop history, his own place and the place of the UK within that, and also why hip hop culture may now be genuinely closer to a religion than just an art form. Okay, I'm here with DJ Semtex. It's an absolute honour to meet you, in fact. How are you doing? Yeah, you've um, been through various phases in the music industry, done quite a lot of things, radio, obviously being a hip-hop DJ out on the live circuit. Um, And now, the reason we're here is you have a quite monumental book out. Yeah, um, it's been described a lot of things. Um, Monumental's the first time now. It's (laughs) it's been added to the list. Um, Yeah, it's called Hip-Hop Raise Me. Um, and basically it's, it's a book that, you know, is about how hip-hop's influenced me and other people, millions of people around the world, and how it's become into something like, it's one of the biggest genres of music, it's a culture, it's probably something that could be described as more than a culture, and it's just amazing that, you know, I'm at a point where I can write about how certain artists and music has, you know, generated this kind of influence, you know. It's really uh, impressive to see it done from a UK perspective and also from a perspective that spans the whole almost 50-year history yeah. of hip-hop. Yeah. Um, so often the books will cover the old school yeah, yeah, yeah. and kind of overprivilege the, yeah. the very early days of hip-hop as being yeah. somehow more important. But you've yeah. brought it right up to the yeah. present date. Was that important for you to do? Yeah. I think, I mean, it started in 73, it started with a DJ by the name of Cool Herc, um, and yeah, you can't talk about, you know, anything without going back to the beginning, you you got to talk about the foundation, the roots, where it all started, so we had to do that, um, and there's been so many different great eras within hip-hop, you can't talk about now without talking about what happened in the noughties, you can't talk about what happened in the noughties without talking about the 90s and how the 90s were influenced by the 80s and so on. So there's a real lineage of um, creativity which has just kept on evolving and it, it's just expanded exponentially into something that's like a massive universe of um, vibrancy. It know? certainly is that. I mean, did you find yourself overwhelmed by the amount of material that you you realised that you had to put together? Not at all, because (laughs) I I live it, you know, I don't want to sound cliched, but I really do, like everything that, you know, from working within a record label to DJing, to doing my own shows, to doing my own podcast, to doing my own radio show, to working with artists and, you know, some helping them more than others. It's, it's all come from the passion and the love for hip-hop so it's kind of it, it really has raised me in a lot of ways you know personally and career-wise and so forth but um, because I've lived with it it's very easy to write about it's, it's pretty much a lot of it is off the top of the head in the sense that I'm aware of the events that have happened I know the you know the, the, the key moments to talk about basically so yeah. 
obviously it's covered in the book, um, but so without wanting too many spoilers, um, can you just give us a potted, like what was the moment that kind of you fell for hip hop or hip hop grabbed you? It's my brother, like seeing my brother um, in my house, he was, he was this weird cultural shift overnight where he's wearing Kangos, Sergio Takini tank tops, Sergio Takini tracksuit bottoms, Puma trainers, record sleeves all around it was like different different iconography from anything that I'd ever seen before and it that happened and when I saw that that got me into it that was the turning point and it's an audio visual thing it's an audio visual dance thing because he was doing some kind of break dancing that it was it just looked mental you know like, imagine seeing somebody break dance for the first time you're like what the hell's going on you know it's like someone trying to do a backspin or up rock or something like that I was just like, it was just like, wow, you know, it's crazy, and that's 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 what got me into it. And you grew up in Manchester, yeah, right. Did you feel that it was something that could be adapted to local culture that that you could have your own twist on it at that time? I think I think there's lots of us that tried, and I think the scene up there now is way much bigger than what it was. You got so many different artists, and you've got like artists like Gecko, um, Shotty Horror and Booty Malone who've put their own spin on things and their own very different ways of doing music and so forth and I think there's a lot of graph artists which have come through um, but it was kind of like the people that were doing it when I was coming through we were kind of like very isolated it was like we were all like cultural nerds in different parts of the town and we'd either connect or people would move on or some people would grow out of it or um, some people would take it further so I just Fortunately, I've been able to take it further. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. how? Um, you obviously, you know, from working with Dizzy Rascal, and as you mentioned in the book, you kind of drawn grime into this lineage yeah. of hip hop. Um, how how did you go into grime? Did you find a disjunction between hip hop and yeah, grime or something I, different? I think grime is the hip-hop of the UK is that street culture of the UK. It's not a sister, it's not a brother, it's not a cousin of hip-hop. I think it lends more to dancehall culture and um, electronic music more than than it does hip-hop, although it does take influence. But it, the energy and the bonus um, is what attracted me to it. You know, I, I, I managed to get an opportunity to work with Dizzy Rascal and his team, and then it was just the, the audacity, the veracity of his flow, the, the abrasiveness of the music, it was everything what hip-hop was, but it was in a UK context. So there'd been UK hip-hop before, this was totally different, this was uniquely British, but it was a different set of rules, it was a different rule book, you know, it was a different way of saying things and doing things, and it was different tempos, um, and I think it spoke to people in a different way, and I think that's what really got me into it, basically. Um, and you know, it's it's like I said, it is the street music of the UK. It, it does the same job as what hip hop does. It is the voice of the voiceless. It is something that is um, a thousand percent uncompromising. You know, it's 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 all of those things. So that's what drew me into it. A lot of parallels. That that uncompromisingness. Um, Obviously, hip hop and grime both have their detractors. Have people who look down on them. Um, in some senses, 
people want to evangelize and and share the message of the music that mm. they love um in other senses hip-hop and grime don't really care <laughs> as yeah. long as they no they don't give a fuck yeah right. exactly is that that's it's the brutal raw honesty it's like the detractors you know it's 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 you can say that there's this negative aspect or that negative aspect but you can say that about films you can say that about video games you can say that about modern day life you can say that about sports but at the end of the day it is also one of the most positive art forms which is something that gets overlooked mm. which is why i wanted to do the book in the first place because i feel it actually does a lot more positive than good i think there's a lot more benefits that have come out of this that have never been documented so i just wanted to do my part so as someone on national radio and then then now with the platform of this book you do kind of feel that you're reaching out to the wider world as well then not even not even done a fraction of it yet because it's it's so vast there's six million people six billion people on the planet and i'm getting to a hundred thousand a week via my radio show who sell fifty thousand copies of the book it's you know a million people in a year if that school we're doing a lot more what what what's the one message that you would want to someone who's curious about hip-hop has heard one or two big records mm. and then picks up your book what's the one message you'd want them to take out um i think there's a wealth of if you heard one record if you heard one rap if you've seen one person b-boy if you've seen one graffiti um mural or piece if you've um, witnessed somebody rap live, just know that there is a massive culture behind it that educates and entertains and inspires. And it brings people together, you know, regardless of demographic, age, race, gender, it, it unifies. It's not exclusive, it's not. Um, Insular is is the most you know um, welcoming culture I've ever witnessed, and that's what I'm saying. It's bigger than a culture. I've seen a lyric from Kanye West. There's a track called "Gorgeous," where he questions is hip hop is hip hop a religion? I think there's an argument. There's definitely scope to talk about that because the, there's belief systems, there's ways of doing things, there's you know, there's a lot of parallels with certain things in religion, and I think, yeah, again, that's going to cause more, like, detractors. <laughs> Imagine that. Someone declares, right, like, hip-hop's a religion. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's... But it, it, there, is, there, is, there is some kind of validity to that, or maybe not. There's something along those lines that mm -hmm. can be taken from that. Because, like I said, when you start talking about um, values, belief structures, you start talking about... Um, yeah. if, if people can open it and at least ask the question, you yeah. know, what does this way of life mean to people? Yeah. Um, then I think the job's well done. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Given that hip-hop is a movement or a way of life or a religion yeah. for yeah. You know, millions of people around yeah. the world who do you think epitomises it's important and is taking it to new places now okay um, undoubtedly Kanye West I think he's the Tupac of this generation 
he's the singular creative force which changes the way music is consumed, listened to, or felt on every album. Every album he drops, he inspires another wave of artists around the world. Every artist, every album that he drops is creatively innovative, unmatched. There's no one else like him. I think when you talk about detractors, he's got a lot of them. Like, <laughs> and he knows it. Oh yeah, he, he knows it, and I think that's a part of it. You know, I'm not, he, he's very expressive, he says what's on his mind. Um, he, he's known for rants, he's known for going off and everything, but how many people are known for that? Like, but we all do it. Yeah. Like, we've all, we've, we rant. We, we moan to our friends, family, partners, whatever. We, we do it ourselves on a daily basis. The only difference is he does it very openly. The fascinating thing about Kanye, and I mean, many of the, the current generation, is that though he's upfront and belligerent and expresses yeah. his opinions forcefully, he's a long way from the macho cliche of yeah, the rapper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he's also fragile yeah. and yeah. multifaceted. Yeah. And insecure. Insecure, you know, exactly. Human, very, very human. I mean, when you look at the time... Um, I think it was around like about 2008, 2009, and he was going head to head with 50 Cent um, in album sales, and they were going to release the album at the same time. And 50 Cent said he'd give up if, Jay, if Kanye West beat him. He didn't, but it's it was very kind. I mean, 50 was like the bully. He was that you know very macho guy. The way he is, he's he's like the Black Rambo. You yeah. know, and they were both head to head. Like Kanye is like, you know, he's almost failed compared to 50. Like when you see them head to head, it was on a Rolling Stone cover. And, and I think that kind of epitomized that. It was like polar opposites. Like 50 was the traditional representation of hip hop. Whereas Kanye was like, he's, he's like the new, the new, new. The flamboyant, strange, yeah, everything. everything. I think, in a sense, the nerds have won. I mean, whether it's, <laughs> it's like, nerds is maybe not the word, but yeah, you, no, I mean, it's true, you, right? you know, like yeah. Odd Future, like yeah, 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 Kevin yeah. Gates, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like Young Thug, just yeah, 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 wearing yeah. dresses and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, the hip hop yeah. is in a very strange and interesting place and right I, now. And I think, I think another person who, you know, who, who epitomizes that is Young M.A who, you know, she's a female MC from New York, um, she's very open about her sexuality, and she's saying in tracks that she'll take your bitch and everything else, and she's very, 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 very open about, um, you know, seeing women and stuff like that and everything else. And, and it's fascinating because years ago that could never have happened like it was the hip hop was so homophobic it was like it came to a point where it got addressed like as Eminem and Elton John situation that they addressed that whole issue then and it's never it's, it's gone so far removed from that now that it's actually way more positive it's actually way more mature you know with Young Thug his whole thing you know you see it with people online where you get some people who embrace what he does and you get some people that, no, 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 it's just trolling. Like they refuse, <laughs> they refuse to believe that he might be, you know, genderless or switching. They refuse to believe that he might be homosexual. But what, you know, no, 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 he's just playing. He's just trolling. But it's not, it's not like it used to be where it'd be like offensive, abusive, or anything like that. It's just different, and I think people are still coming to terms with it. But I think Young Ma is definitely she. She's a shift in it because she's embraced by New York, 
guys and girls like she's embraced as the hot new artist coming through so it's, it's really interesting the fact that you know hip-hop it is still a mirror it's a reflection of what's going on it's a reflection of the times and um i think kanye kanye is at the forefront of all of that i think everything trickles down he inspires people to be open he inspires people to say how they feel i think he inspires people to push themselves creatively and he's on that tireless pursuit of excellence there's nobody else like that a lot of rappers just rap a lot of producers just produce like kanye creates kanye's like he's pushing things forward and i think he you know chuck d described him as like um a modern day amadeus you know and and i think he's right whether it's take your pick whether it's beethoven or whether it's Brahms or whatever, he is that classical composer who will go down in history as one of the great ones. And the small footnotes of Pierre is misunderstood. But his music and his achievements and his creativity, even what he's doing with his concert now with the floating stage, that that will live on to be something much bigger. And it'll is genreless. You know, it's not. You know, it's like David Bowie, like. What was he? Electronic, alternative, rock? Like you can't, you can't put David Bowie in a category. He was everything. He's just an amazing artist. Yeah. I think that's Kanye. I think he's. I can't compare another hip hop artist like him. Yeah. That does that. I guess if the story, if if your book tells one single story, it's that pursuit of excellence from wanting to be the best rapper on your block. Yeah to being this yeah. level of artist on a global level yeah. and, and it's the art as well like you know you can see it with the album covers throughout the book it goes from posed it goes from being very you know you know when you think about selfies today you know these artists were doing it when the first projects when the first projects came out like in um, the early 80s but now the artwork is so minimalist and obscure you know you could have a red cover by someone oh yeah that's Donald Glover's new project oh you know it's like it's just like it's yeah. totally changed it's gone from being at the forefront of your artwork and being macho and posing and looking the hardest and wealth it's gone from all of that to just letting your art shine through and have you done a great enough job in getting the message across that people recognise this red dot as being associated with your project going back to what Young Thug did with his cover I think that's gonna I think that's gonna be discussed analyzed um for years to come like in studies in dissertations in you know lectures and everything because he, he's challenged everything you know just with one cover yeah. and then it's an amazing cover yeah. yeah from from two turntables and a microphone we've come through to yeah. very <laughs> very complicated and confusing music for complicated and confusing times it's... and complicated and confusing people <laughs> someone asked me to describe people in london i said complex yeah but i think that that's people in manchester new york la it's, it's everybody around the world i think we're more i think we've as people we've embraced the fact that we're complex whereas before it just you know the values of back in the day was work hard <laughs> work hard struggle and suffer <laughs> now we like you know self-analysis everything now we're like more precious about our lifestyle you know and how we live and how we affect others how others affect us what we allow to put ourselves through what we don't allow to put ourselves through we're way more conscious of who we are as human beings like way more than ever before 
than ever. Like, yeah. And uh, if hip hop reflects that, then it's always going to have some validity. I think as long as we're complex, hip hop will hold up that mirror that shows you the blemishes, the flaws, the complexes, like the everything. It's, you can't hide from yourself, and I think that's what the music does. Well, amen to that, and uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank and you. And all the best with the book. Yeah, thank you. That was good. That's a deep. That was a deep answer, though. <laughs> Hip Hop Raised Me is available to buy at thamesandhudson.com. You've been listening to the Thames and Hudson podcast. Mm-hmm.